0: it is good to be together today to study from God's Word and to engage in the things that enable us to be more pleasing to Him I invite you to open your Bibles to the book of John chapter 2 chapter 3 where we're going to spend most of our time together today we are thankful for your presence and thankful for the fact that you've chosen to be here and to engage in these spiritual traditions That as we talked about in our Bible class this morning, are things that our earliest brothers and sisters did thousands of years ago when they engaged in the worship of God on the first day of the week, which is truly His day. We're thankful for so many who are here this morning that maybe we haven't seen in a while, as Brother Brian pointed out those who are traveling and those who have chosen to be with us we welcome you to join us on any occasion as you truly are our honored guest recently having a discussion with another brother in christ in fact a couple of discussions come to mind just in the last two weeks thinking about individuals who may be at various points in their lives particularly when they were younger Maybe be struggled with their faith and that that is not necessarily a cause for a three alarm fire the idea being that all of us at various points in our spiritual development sometimes have to have progress in our faith where we are working to figure out what is true and what is right and what we need to be doing And I want us to talk about Nicodemus today, a character with whom we are likely familiar because of John chapter 3, as well as John chapter 19, as we read a few moments ago. We're indeed grateful for men like Nicodemus and the questions that he asked and the things that he was interested in. We hope to learn from him today. But going back to that discussion that I recently had with a brother or two in Christ, you may be here this morning and you may be questioning whether or not these things that we talk about are indeed true and right and important for us to be engaged in. You may say, well, that's important for you, but it's not important for me. You may be curious about Jesus, but not enough to actually submit to serve him and to apply the things that are taught in scripture. We want to do everything we can to move you from curiosity to the point of allegiance to Jesus the Christ. When I think about Nicodemus, and I'm going to trust that you are somewhat familiar with Nicodemus, but if you're not, we're going to read from parts of the text together today. To me, it is an individual who involved himself in three steps ...or three stages of his spiritual development. The first of those was being exposed to Jesus. The second was a curiosity about Jesus. And the third is where he pledged his allegiance to Jesus. And when you think about those three steps, those three stages... ...those are the same steps or stages that we often go through today... ...when we are exposed to the Savior... We are then curious about what he means, and then we pledge our allegiance to him. I want us to start with this idea of being exposed to Jesus. You know, we live in a world that because of technology, because of education, because of the ease of transport of one person or another person, that everyone knows about Jesus. But do we really follow Jesus is the question. And that's what we begin with this morning. When we think about exposure to Jesus with Nicodemus, we go back to the context of not just John chapter 3, but go back to John chapter 2. And we are familiar with the fact that Jesus had just performed his first recorded miracle. And here in John chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, he turns water into wine at the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. And this was certainly something that was important and something that verified the authenticity of Jesus the Christ and his ability to do miraculous things. Then if you drop down to about verse 13, Jesus cleanses the temple. And in doing so, Powerfully predicted his resurrection with this temple cleansing. And then in verses 23 through 25, before we get into the heart of our text together today, it says that when he was in Jerusalem and at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. And had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. It is then we get into chapter 3, the heart of our text together today, where we read about Nicodemus. Begin reading with me in chapter 3 and verse 1, where it says, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night. Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, what is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Verse 7 Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born again. And so we look at this particular text and we think about this concept of being exposed to Jesus. And Nicodemus would have, of course, been a witness, or at least been familiar with the things that had transpired in chapter 2, as referenced, and it impressed him with what he saw. And so this is one of those occasions, incidentally, where it says, Nicodemus, he recognizes the things that Jesus had done, was in response to the very things that had been written in chapter 2. Water into wine, cleansing the temple, the discerner of the hearts, that Jesus was and so Nicodemus rightly concluded that Jesus had God with him that was the conclusion that he came to isn't it interesting that just by being exposed to Jesus we quickly come to the conclusion that he had God with him which is why we serve Jesus and we root ourselves in Jesus as much as we do as we talked about in our study of Colossians chapter 2, just a little while ago. But of course, the success of exposure to Jesus was not guaranteed. And that's because a person who is exposed to Jesus must also have an open mind, or sometimes we say a willing open heart, in order for the exposure to Jesus to be meaningful. And you can read between the lines and see in the mindset and in the heart of Nicodemus that he truly wanted to know more, but he's only being exposed to Jesus on this particular occasion. And so the fact of the matter is, is there will always be men who won't believe. And that's discouraging to you. And that's discouraging to me. It is true that we will engage in times where we invite others to come and study with us, to be a part of what we do and we worship God together, and they just flat out will not believe. Even though they are exposed to Jesus, they do not believe in Jesus. Is that discouraging? Of course it is. That is discouraging when you're doing everything you can, especially someone that you know well, that you've invested time in, that you've invested your resources in, maybe even you've invested your treasure in, you're trying to teach them and to show them an example of what it means to be a child of God, and there are men and women who just will not believe. We cannot give up. One of Satan's greatest tools that we sometimes talk about is that of distraction and discouragement where he uses those tools to distract us from doing good and discourage us because we're not being successful in reaching people for the cause of Christ. A person, of course, must have someone who will teach him about Jesus. And that's what Romans chapter 10 talks about. How will they hear without a preacher? How beautiful are the feet of those like you, me, all of us who are going about the business of trying to share the gospel message with others? We want others to be exposed to Jesus. But if a person is only exposed to Jesus, is that enough? And the answer is, of course, no. Because once a person is exposed to Jesus, like Nicodemus was here in John chapters 2 and chapter 3, we want them to grow to a place of curiosity about Jesus or stage number two. Nicodemus's curiosity isn't surprising. In verse two, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. We appreciate the fact that Nicodemus would have been familiar with false messiahs, because you remember that when Jesus came And he started preaching. Even before, when John the Baptizer was paving the way for Jesus, the individuals, some would have been quite skeptical about the notion of a Messiah coming because they had heard about, oh yes, this Messiah has come and this Messiah has come. Even Gamaliel said, we have had other people who have come and testified that they are the ones who are of God. But only Jesus is the one who does these miracles and does these wondrous signs and is able to discern the hearts of men as outlined in John chapter 2. There were, it seems to me, two possible responses to Jesus' statement in verse 3. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That is a statement of truth that will probably lead to one of two responses. And the first is what most people refer to. And that is they say, okay, whatever. And then they move on when they're talking about things that do not matter of a spiritual consequence. Isn't it true that the majority of the time that we are engaged in discussions with others that that's the kind of response we get. We're talking about spiritually important things. And they say, okay, whatever. You just must be one of those Christian folk, one of those churchgoers, people who are not about life on this earth, whatever that may be. But the fact of the matter is, is, we are seeking individuals who are seeking Him. We are looking for men and women... ...who are looking for him. We are the individuals who are indeed following in the example of of Paul and Peter and James and John and even Jesus himself... ...who said, come to me, all you who labor, and I will give you rest. We are trying to direct people to him, which is why we're searching for people who say, but how? How can that happen? You know, if Nicodemus would have responded with, okay, whatever, this chapter would have been much different, would it not? But chapter 3 develops into this wonderful dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus because of his curiosity about Jesus. And the fact is, is after yet more questions, Jesus continues to explain what it means to be born again. Drop down to verse 9. How can these things be? Nicodemus asks. Jesus answered and said, Are you the teacher of Israel, and do you not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. Drop down to about verse 16. For God, in the most quoted and well-known verse of the New Testament. So loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Then drop down to verse 20. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. But this is continuing to be the discussion, the the, the conversation that both Nicodemus and Jesus are having. He who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. You know what's interesting about the account of Nicodemus? You know what jumps out to me, among among other things? Is the fact that we're done hearing about Nicodemus for a while. Go back to the scripture reading in John chapter 19, which we'll get to in just a few moments. The fact is, is we need to appreciate that Nicodemus was exposed to Jesus, and he was then curious about Him. The fact is, is Scripture doesn't record his choice, but it is clear that he at the very least continued in his curiosity about Jesus as referenced later in the text. In fact, the teachings of Jesus continued to make the Jewish authorities and the religious leaders of the first century quite angry. But Nicodemus was the one who stood up for Jesus. Turn over just a couple of chapters to John chapter 7, beginning in verse 45. John chapter 7 and verse 45. The Bible reads that the officers came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why have you not brought him? Why are we not dealing with this character, Jesus of Nazareth? He is a troublemaker. The officer said no man ever spoke like this man. Apparently they had been exposed to Jesus as well. The Pharisees answered and said, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? We know, yes. There are individuals who are Pharisees, who are religious leaders who are slowly but surely being exposed to Jesus and are now expressing their curiosity about him. Verse 50. Nicodemus parentheses, He who came to Jesus by night being one of them, said to them, "Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? The answer is said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. The fact is, is we need to appreciate that when they're talking about the law, when they're talking about Jesus, when they're talking about prophets, Nicodemus was familiar with that law. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, which we just recently studied in our Wednesday night Bible class, talks about the idea of having witnesses and giving someone the opportunity to defend himself when he has a charge laid against him. And let's also acknowledge that Nicodemus on this occasion, not just in chapter 3, not just in chapter 19, but here in the middle in chapter 7, his curiosity could have gotten himself into trouble with the religious leaders of the first century. Which brings out a clear and present application for us together today. And that is, is it not true that sometimes our curiosity after being exposed to Jesus could very well be coupled with fear? Go back to John chapter 19 and read there in verse 38. Where we find that Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus but secretly for fear of the Jews... Asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And, verse 39, Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 100 pounds. You know, when we think about the death of Jesus, we almost always exclusively think about who? In terms of the grave, in terms of the burial. We think about Joseph of Arimathea. But according to verse 39, and Nicodemus was there. Apparently, the exposure to Jesus in John chapter 2 led to the curiosity about Jesus in John chapter 3, which would ultimately lead to where Nicodemus seems to pledge, as we do as well, our allegiance to Jesus the Christ which is the third and the final stage of our study together today. Because once the decision is made to serve Jesus, to serve Christ, it leads to an incredible allegiance to Him. Here in John chapter 19 and verse 38, it says Joseph of Arimathea, being the disciple of Jesus, he went and asked for the body. Nicodemus also approached. And then notice the, the, the pronouns in verses 40 through 42. It says, they took the body of Jesus. It says in verse 41, there was a garden in the garden tomb in which no one had been laid. Verse 42, there they laid Jesus. Who's the they? Joseph of Arimathea is not working by himself, but he is working in tandem with Nicodemus so that even at the end of the life of Jesus the Christ, Nicodemus is still associating himself with Jesus the Christ. You see, he's moved from being exposed to Jesus to a place of curiosity about Jesus to a place where he says, I will be allegiant to Jesus the Christ. And it also seems to me that being a part of the burial of Jesus was a testimony to Nicodemus's desire to be with Christ. I'm not sure that Nicodemus ever fully got the message while Jesus was alive. Again, the Bible doesn't record it with the exception of chapters 3, 7, and 19 in the Gospel of John. But it seems to me that it is clearly evident at the conclusion of the life of Jesus... That Nicodemus has moved from just a place of exposure, just a place of curiosity, to a place where he says, I will follow this Jesus. And I'm willing to put myself in a place of danger, and a place where I can lose friends and lose influence and lose family members because of my allegiance to him. And the other thing that we need to appreciate is that the uncertainty and fear of Nicodemus has now given way to a certain kind of certainty and boldness. After all, he first came to Jesus by night. That is not there just to remind us of John chapter 3 or John chapter 7, but it seems to me to remind us of his timidity associated with serving Jesus at the beginning. You know, when you first signed up to become a Christian, when you were first baptized... You may not have been the boldest of characters in service to God. But now, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years later, the more you grow as a Christian, the bolder you become, the stronger you become, and the more brave you become in service to God. And I think it is important to note that it was he, Nicodemus, not Joseph, who was the one who brought the burial mixture. The fact is, is we are on a progress of faith and a progression of faith. And it may be that you're here this morning and you say, I am at the place where I'm just being exposed to Jesus. There's a possibility that you have never been exposed to Jesus. And now you are finally being exposed to Him. What about us? Let me conclude with this concept that we are all in a progression of faith. And when we think about that, there are some applications that we should make. There are some acknowledgments that we should find. First and foremost, things won't always happen at the pace we want. We understand that we want to grow as Christians as fast as we can and be as strong as we can become as quickly as humanly possible. But we sing the song sometimes that says, "...in his time." In his time. And that's true when God is working in the world around us. And that's true when God is working in our own individual lives. That's true not only for ourselves, but it is also true for those that we are trying to teach. So if you're trying to teach someone, you're trying to influence someone, and maybe they're not working at the pace you want them to work. Maybe they're not changing in the ways that you want them to change. Be patient. That's tough for us because we want to be able to teach someone to baptize them the next day, if not that very day. But sometimes it takes weeks and months. And some of you have engaged in personal Bible studies or you yourselves were individuals who, shall we say, were a little bit stubborn. And it took months, if not years, for you to come around to the point where you said, You know what? I've been exposed to Jesus. I'm a little bit curious about Him. Now I'm really curious about Him. And now I'm ready to serve Him him. Curiosity, secondly, about Christ can be a fearful thing. After all, you're going to be unlike the world. You're going to be unpopular with the world because of your curiosity about Jesus. You know, the cool thing to do is to say, I don't want to be a part of any religious organization. I just want to have my own faith, whatever that means. But the fact is, is we are a part of the Lord's church because we have been added to the church in Acts chapter 2. It is a special relationship and as we pray together today, we have fellowship with him because of his uh, desire to live for us, die for us, and to live again for us as he has done. And let me suggest finally, as an application, that we can all be encouragers, we can all be a Joseph. He was a disciple. And in this, we will be modern Nicodemuses. And I think that's what we want to be. We want to be men and women who are exposed to the Savior, are curious about Him, and then pledge our allegiance to Him. I would go so far as to say that looking at virtually everybody in here, and to those that are in the parking lot, and those that are watching online, because of the advent of technology, and because of the exposure of the Bible's message to all six and a half, seven billion people in the world, everyone has been exposed to Jesus. There's still more exposure, there's still more to learn, still more to be taught. But everyone that is listening today has been exposed to Jesus. Even if this was the first time you'd ever come into a church building or been a part of a church service or listened to a gospel sermon, you have heard about Jesus, about his miracles, and about his love. The fact is, is you must be in the stage of either you are curious or you are not. And so as we draw to a close this morning, I want to just simply ask if you've been exposed to Jesus, as I'm sure you have been, how curious are you? Are you curious enough to say, tell me more? Or are you, okay, whatever? The fact that you're here is a good first step, but that's not enough. And the fact that you're curious is a good sign, but that's not enough as well. You must Pledge your allegiance to Jesus Christ. And maybe you've been curious about that. Maybe you still need to be exposed. We stand ready to study with you. We will study with you anytime, place, when it's convenient for you. So that you can grow in your curiosity of Jesus the Christ. There are individuals who are present here this morning that have never been baptized. That have never made the commitment and pledged their allegiance to Jesus the Savior, the Christ. We are hoping that you'll make a change for the better today. If you've been contemplating being baptized for the remission of your sins and you've put it off for whatever reason or reasons, maybe you're bashful and shy. Maybe you feel like you don't know enough. Maybe you're concerned about the reaction of your family members or your friends or your community. There are lots of reasons why a person would not be baptized. There's one key reason why a person would be. Because he's been exposed and curious about Jesus and ready to be a legion to him like Nicodemus and Joseph and Peter and James and Paul and John and all the others who follow him. And like so many who are here this morning. Perhaps you're here this morning and you are a child of God and you are not living correctly and you need to make some sort of correction in your life. We would welcome an opportunity to help you to make the change and re-expose you to Jesus by studying with you and praying with you as well. Will you pledge your allegiance to Jesus today by being baptized? Again, there are those who need to do so we hope that you will before it is too late. And if we can help you or encourage you in any way, let us know while together we stand and while we sing.